Welcome or welcome back to Pre-Arb Excellence, a Roots-based Chicago Cubs podcast with an eye on player development. Pull up a chair while I take a deeper dive into the concerns for the team's present and future. Questions are always welcomed, whether on Twitter, Tim815 on the Anchor Contest Line, or on my Facebook Pre-Arb Excellence group. Thanks for stopping by for this episode an Eric Hosmer trade I'd be good with. And ask me questions if I was confusing. Eric Hosmer trades. Oh my goodness, they are so all the rage. They are so all the rage uh, on both sides of the aisle, really. They are completely trendy as all get out. Whether you're talking to a Cubs fan or a Padres fan, whoever, everybody is seemingly gaga over an Eric Hosmer trade. And what's really funny is when it ends up being somebody on the San Diego side who is um, participating in the discussion. Because people tend to be biased toward their team. Um, they have this little thing in their mind that Eric Hosmer is actually useful. Either on the field or in the clubhouse or wherever. Um, and that really doesn't apply anymore. It used to. It really doesn't anymore. And... It's, it's, it's really funny when people do, oh, but Eric Hosmer, he's not that bad. His contract isn't that her ter terrible. No, he's bad. His contract is terrible, which is why the Padres are trying to trade him. A.J. Preller wants to do anything possible to unload, offload, get rid of, nuke, send into a black hole the Eric Hosmer contract. Whether he wants to do the same to Eric Hosmer, I don't know. His contract has negative value as to whether the player has negative value or whether the person has negative value. I don't know him well enough. I do not know him well enough. However, I am reasonably confident that A.J. Preller would rather pay $0.00 for the rest of Eric Hosmer's career than pay him anything and have him around cluttering up a roster spot and taking up money that could be spent on, what's his name, Seiyu Suzuki? Seiyu Suzuki, something like that. Outfielder from Japan. Much rather have Suzuki or anybody else than Eric Hosmer. So the concept is San Diego trades Hosmer and a prospect to the Cubs for... getting rid of Eric Hosmer's contract. That's the entire premise behind the Eric Hosmer trade. If anybody else is telling you differently, it's rather amusing. Now, here I, I'm going to give a bit of historical background. bit of historical background. Then I'm going to come back around to talking about the Hosmer trade, a potential Hosmer trade, I would endorse, but the important thing, the important thing, the important thing, the important thing, the important thing is the historical context. 
the historical context. And I will give you two examples of historical context. One of them is the, Barry, uh, the Bobby Bonilla contract. We're all familiar with the ha 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 Bobby Bonilla getting paid even though he's not playing anymore. Ha ha ha. What a stupid contract. Ah, that's stupid. What a stupid. I, no. Actually, the Bobby Bonilla contract was brilliant. It was a brilliant contract. I'm not sure who wrote it. I'm not sure who Bobby Bonilla's agent was when he signed it. But it was an absolutely brilliant contract. Any arguments to the contrary are absurd. What ended up happening was the Mets executive was in a bit of a financial bind. A financial bind. Have you ever been in a financial bind ever in your life? A financial bind? You have to do something to unload some expenditures that you're going to be making without puking what you already have. The person in charge with the Mets, hey, Bobby, I got an idea. I got an idea. I just want to run this by you. I just want to run this by you. How about for the rest of your contract, I'm going to make you wait 20 years to collect the rest of your contract, however the heck much it was. But instead of giving you the normal amount, I'm going to give you a whole boatload of money every July 1st. Every July 1st for like 15 years. You'll have to wait. But once you get to that point, you will get an absurd amount of money every year. Like clockwork. It's going to work for you because... Once you get to that point, you'll get an absurd amount of money every year. And it's going to work for me because I don't have to deal with this contract on the books. I don't want to pay your contract. So I'd rather push it back to a point when I'm obviously not going to be making the financial decisions for the New York Metropolitans. Going to push it back a couple of decades so it will not involve me it's not going to involve me now it's going to involve somebody else my Brody Van Wagenen it might involve him it might involve Steve Cohen but it's not going to involve me because I'm going to I'm not going to have the job anymore it's not going to be my job it's going to be somebody else's job the person who made the deal it was brilliant for him. The person, well, Bobby Bonilla, who signed the contract, it was brilliant for him. Both of those parties benefited immensely. Now, New York Mets fans right now, arguably, not so good for them. But guess what? The two people who are negotiating the contract, the executive and the player, it worked out fancifully well for both of them. And really, those are the only two people that matter. The people involved in the contract are the only two people that matter. The people involved in the discussion are the only two people that matter. The people involved in the discussion are the only two people that matter. I'm going to say that one more time. The people involved in the discussion 
are the only two people that matter. Okay, let's jump forward a bit. Let's jump forward a bit. 2010. 2010. Let's 2010, late 2010, early 2011. I'm not sure which day it was. Jim Hendry has officially realized something. He's the baseball ops guy, general manager, whatever, whatever the title was. Jim Hendry was the baseball ops guy for the Chicago Cubs. He made a rather unsurprising discovery. He had basically two options. Two options. One and two. One and two. One and two. One and two. One, get a whole bunch of fans inside the gate to watch Cubs games this season, meaning 2011. Or, option two, lose his job. Get a whole bunch of fans in the stadium watching Cubs games or lose his job. Those are the two options. There was no, ooh, let's eat cake instead. Or, hey, I think I'm going to um, buy a soccer team. Or, you know, I, I, let, let's, let's take up line dancing. No, no, no. The two options were get basically 3 million fans inside the gates or lose your job. Those are two options. 3, fan, uh, 3 million fans, 3 million fans, 3 million fans, or lose your job. Those are your two options. So you're walking into a season, get 3 million fans inside the gates or lose your job. Which are you going to lean toward? You, 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 you. You, you, not me, you. Your decision is get 3 million fans in the gate or you will lose your job. More than likely, if you're like most people, you would probably think, you know, I probably better try to get 3 million fans inside the gate because otherwise I'm going to lose my job and it's not going to matter what ends up happening. Because if I'm going to end up losing my job anyway, there's an 85% chance I'm going to lose my job anyway. I might as well try to get into that 15% where I um, keep my job. So Hendry made a trade, traded a couple of his better prospects away, and got Matt Garza. Not too horribly long later, Jim Hendry lost his job. He probably expected to lose his job. In the process of getting Matt Garza, he traded away Chris Archer and heck, Julie and a couple other players. Um, there was a situation where Tampa realized, Tampa realized, Tampa realized they had Jim Hendry over a barrel. Hendry... Tampa probably realized, get 3 million fans in or lose your job. If you know an executive is under that sort of pressure, that is a good time to apply pressure. See? The Rays probably kind of knew what was going on. And they angled the trade in a fashion so that they traded someone who 
had a degree of current value and got back players who had future value. And it worked for them. It worked for the Cubs executive at the time. It worked for the Rays executive at the time. The people that matter in a business transaction are the two people that are agreeing to the business transaction. Nobody else. Nobody else comes into play. The person who has the um, season tickets in the upper grandstand, they don't get consulted. The, per, the baseball ops guy on both sides, those are the guys that make the decision. Those are the people that matter. Let's jump ahead a bit. Now we're going to move to, what was this trade, about two years ago? Brody Van Wagenen, in charge with the Mets, realizes, you know, my job as baseball ops guy is kind of a bit tenuous because my team hasn't won in a while. We'd really probably better win like this year or next year. Otherwise, I might lose my job. Does this sound a little bit like the Jim Hendry story? Just a little tiny bit, maybe, sort of? Ben Wagenen ended up trading prospect Jordan Kelnick to Seattle for Robinson Cano. Yeah, there were some other side pieces. However, the Mets executive who sensed he might be getting fired if he didn't have success soon, decided, you know what? I'd rather have Robinson Cano, who I know of, I'm familiar with, and all that kind of stuff. So instead, it's Jordan Kelnick. Because Jordan Kelnick, no matter how good he ends up being, if my team doesn't end up winning this year, I'm going to be out of my job. Does this sound a little bit like the Jim Henry scenario? Maybe. Just a little tiny bit, a little tiny bit, maybe. The Mets made the trade, and people laughed at it. And, oh, how, how could you make that stupid? Well, because Van Wagenen knew he was out the door if his team didn't win that year. That's how it works. If an executive is up against it and absolutely has to win that year, he's very much more likely to say, okay, I'm going to make a long-term stupid trade because I want to keep my job. See how that works? Happened with Jim Hendry. It happened with Bobby Bonilla and an executive. It happened with the Mariners and the Mets. If an executive is up against needing success to keep his job, Sometimes he makes a trade he might not otherwise make. <sighs> Full breath. Okay. Now, let's walk back to the current San Diego Padres situation. Going into 2021, the San Diego Padres were supposed to maul the league. 
After all, they had this guy and that guy and that other guy and that other guy. And then they made the trade and got that guy and that guy and that other guy and the other guy. And they, they were supposed to maul the league. And by early July, they were mauling the league. They were a very good team. And they were in very good position to be one of the three Western Division postseason teams. But then something funny happened. Everything started going wrong. Everything started going wrong. Now, I don't know what your take on it is. Perhaps you want to 100% blame everything on Jace Tingler. Perhaps you want to blame everything on Mike Schilt getting lucky with St. Louis. Or perhaps you have some other scenario. But something in San Diego went horribly, horribly wrong. And the Padres, who were supposed to make the playoffs, did not and were not even close at the end to making the playoffs. It wasn't even a case of they missed by two games or something. They missed by a whole bunch. They were not really in the picture down the stretch. What happens when you have a chief executive in this case, A.J. Preller, who is very much completely in charge of everything, and he's supposed to have a really good team, and all of a sudden he doesn't. What happens when you have an executive who is supposed to be in control, and all of a sudden that control is questioned? What happens? That job becomes tenuous. A.J. Preller's job is tenuous at best if he's not successful in 2022 or 2023. Oh, well, what are you basing that off of? History. History. If A.J. Preller makes all these monstrous moves, gets very aggressive, and he doesn't have success in 2021, 2022, or 2023, He's gone because that's how baseball works. So, for A.J. Preller, 2024 is not guaranteed any more than 2013 was guaranteed for Jim Hendry or 2022 was guaranteed for Ben Wagenen. When an executive is in a situation where, you know, we might be in a little bit of trouble here, then problems ensue. Now, I don't know a whole lot about the Padres' finances, really. But if you, as an organization, are going to lead with, we've got to get rid of this guy's contract. We've got to get rid of this guy's contract, big time, huge. I tend to buy that. I tend to buy that trying to get rid of Eric Cosmer's contract is really important for San Diego. Is getting rid of Eric is getting rid of Jason Hayward's contract really important for the Cubs? Eh, well, I don't know. There are a lot of fans who think it should be. There are a lot of wags, writers who think it should be. As far as 
Jed Hoyer as far as Carter Hawkins. I haven't really heard that. Maybe it's there. I'm sure they'd like to make a trade where they don't end up losing too much in the uh, transaction fees. But I haven't heard that as being a huge thing for the Cubs. They're uh, in a rebuild, checking this, look at that, see how this works. And if Hayward does well enough and can get traded and da-da-da, then great, that would be wonderful. But I don't think that that is anywhere near the prime directive sort of um, circumstance that present success for A.J. Preller is. If A.J. Preller doesn't have a successful season, in, a very successful season in 2022 or 2023, he is gone. If Hoyer is okay in 2022, a little bit better in 2023, really good in 2024, see, he has a little bit more of a leash than does Preller. Preller wants to win in 2022 and or 2023. That is essential for him to keep his job. Preller has to win in 2022 and or 2023 or else he will lose his job. Then someone else will come in. It's like, okay, go do whatever you got to do. You know, do whatever you got to do to cover up for all the stuff that A.J. Preller did. Because that's how it works. You're in charge until you're not in charge. Then when you're not in charge, you're fired, you're gone, someone else. Okay, now take care of whatever horrible things happened. That's how it works. That's how pro sports go. So, A.J. Preller... 2022, 2023, both very important to him. He'd really prefer, my guess here, A.J. Preller would probably really prefer to retain all of the really useful baseball prospects that he currently has in his system. Whenever there's the discussion of well, if the Padres are going to trade Eric Hosmer or if they're going to trade this or they're going to trade that or they're going to trade the other thing, Campusano's a catcher, Hessel is an outfielder. Those are some of the names that are most often used. Really, Preller would probably like to keep those guys. He'd like to keep those guys because those are the kind of guys that can help him when? Yeah. In 2022 and 2023. Because if he loses in 2022 and he loses in 2023, and he has a bad year in both 2022 and 2023, he's out the door and he cares about as much about the Padres' financial system in 2025 if he's no longer around as the Mets executive cared about the Mets' finances in 2022 and 2023, when the Mets were going to be paying balloon payments every year to Bobby Bonilla. It didn't matter at all. If A.J. Preller is going to have success with the Padres over the next two or three seasons, he'd probably better 
find some sort of a way to add talent and possibly even subtract talent without giving up talent that he actually wants. Because when an executive looks at his top 20 list, his top 25 list, his top 40 list, whatever it is, he's probably got five or six guys in mind that, yeah, I want this guy. I'm going to build on this guy. This guy's got a decent future. I really believe in this guy on into the next five or so years. Those are the guys he doesn't want to give up. But yet, he wants to give up he wants to offload, unload, blow up, nuke, missile launch into the sun the Eric Hosmer contract. How is it that A.J. Preller could unload the Eric Hosmer contract by giving up Nothing at all. It's going to be on the 2022, 2023, or 2024 San Diego Padres team. That's the question. How can A.J. Preller unload Eric Hosmer without giving up anything of value to him at the present time or into the near future? How can he do that? If he can find a way to unload Eric Hosmer, unload Eric Hosmer without giving up Hassel, who might be a center fielder in a few years, without giving up Campusano, who might be his catcher in a couple years. How can he do that? 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 There's a way. There are two severe flies in the ointment, though. Two very severe flies in the ointment. One is, it's not allowed now. The way that Preller can switch the discussion regarding Hosmer is trading an asset that is not currently at his disposal. Yeah, I'm talking about draft picks. I'm talking about draft picks. Right now, baseball draft picks cannot be traded. Cannot be traded. Though, if the collective bargaining agreement ever does get authorized... Uh, the CBA ever gets agreed to and draft picks are allowed to be traded. That's an entirely different story. So now remember the Matt Garza trade. Jim Hendry realized Chris Archer is not going to do me any good at all whatsoever if I don't have a job in 2012. He felt completely good trading him. Jordan Kalnick, he wasn't going to be with Brody Van Wagenen's team. He wasn't going to be. He just wasn't going to be. 
Trade him away. Bring in a guy that might help. Preller wants to trade assets that he's not going to be involved with. If he can trade assets that he would not have had access to anyway, when he's trying to make a trade to unload a bad contract so he can reload his finances, wouldn't that be about perfect? Hey, I'm going to trade you some magic beads and some things that will never be of any value to me, and I can get you to take this horrible contract. Wouldn't that be beneficial for A.J. Preller? Seems like it to me. So how would any sort of a trade work? Possibly, hypothetically, theoretically. Now remember, Preller doesn't know if his team is going to turn it around. He doesn't know if he's going to have a gig on into the future with San Diego. So, if he's making a trade involving draft pick, a a draft pick or draft picks, plural, the Cubs would be in the catbird seat. The Cubs would be in the catbird seat because effectively, Carter Hawkins and Jed Hoyer could be saying, hey, you're only doing this trade because you know you might get fired. Right? That's the only reason that you're only doing this because you have to win in 2022 or 2023 or you're going to be fired. That's why you're making this trade. Why it would happen. So basically, if we're making a Eric Hosmer for draft picks trade, which is what it boils to. Preller is giving up Eric Hosmer and Eric Hosmer's contract for a whole bunch of assets he might never use. That seems to be a rather ideal choice for a general manager who's probably thinking, you know what? We might about ready to get smashed. We might about ready to get smashed because I really don't see as good as San Diego looked last year. I, I don't know. I don't know that they're there. I don't know that they're there. Their pitching completely fell apart. Um, I, 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 I'm not sold. I'm not sold on them. And A.J. Preller might be willing to do anything, anything to keep his job for another three or four years. Then if it gets to be three or four years down the line, then okay, well, I'll have to adjust and you know work on the fly. To make the trade make any sense, the Padres 2022 first round draft pick would almost certainly have to be included. And trade and draft pick trades would have to be permitted as well, which might not happen. So, on one side of the balance beam, or on one side of the scale, 
we have Eric Hosmer, Eric Hosmer's contract, Eric Hosmer's presence in the locker room. You know, all, all the things the all the things that are good and bad about Eric Hosmer are on one side, weighting down that side of the um, scale. So now Preller wants to add things to the other side to balance it out. And who knows, you know, he'll probably, he'd probably be willing to throw in this player or that player from the current major league team. Maybe there's somebody that's got a hidden injury history that the Cubs don't know about. Might be able, might be willing to throw him in. Maybe there's some other guy that, okay, we'll toss in this guy. So there's some actual people going back. So it actually looks like a real trade. But realistically, if you're trying to offset Eric Hosmer, it's going to take draft picks and it's going to take multiple draft picks. And I do think the 2022 pick would be about necessary in this sort of a situation. Because Jed Hoyer, Carter Hawkins, and the current Chicago Cubs executives would like to get something uh, reasonably soon. I should probably look to see when the Padres are selecting. I don't know. They're probably, what, about... Hmm. Hmm. Thanks. 14th, 15th? 16th, maybe? Selecting somewhere in there? Um, I'm going to have to look that up. But, you know... If the Cubs were to get a 16th selection in the first round this year, something like that, that would be rather useful. That would be very useful for the Cubs because then they would be looking at the 7, the 16, or whatever it would end up being, plus their early second round pick. They're starting to add a bit more ammo to the pipeline. Some of the players that they were thinking, well, we're kind of interested in this guy, but we can't really be too interested in him because we're not going to be picking him at seven and we're not going to be picking again in the teens. Well, if all of a sudden you add, you know, 14, 15, 16th round, uh, 14, 15, 16th pick in the draft, then all of a sudden, Carson Wisenhunt left-handed starting pitcher for East Carolina might make sense all of a sudden. Or any of the various number of other different players. Um, Bob Moore from Arkansas. Or, again, there are a whole bunch of players that would make sense in the teens range that wouldn't make sense at seven, and they would also be very good pieces to add to the pipeline. But now, no, 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 no. I'm not saying Eric Hosmer for one draft pick. No, 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 no. That's not extracting enough flesh. If this trade were to be made, there would have to be more flesh extracted, more flesh severely extracted. And now we start to get into why owners don't want draft picks traded. Owners don't want draft picks traded. Because owners don't trade draft picks, executives do. Owners don't trade draft picks, executives do. 
So if you end up having a situation where a, I use the term, a Herschel Walker trade exists, where one player is acquired and like 17 draft picks are traded away, that's kind of hurtful to the owner of the team. That does not help the value of his team. Owners don't really like draft picks being traded because they like being able to say every year, every year, every year, every year, we're going to expect our draft people to do their draft thing and bring in people that are going to be club property for 11 years or so. We expect that. We're going to demand it. We're going to get it. And then when that happens, hey, everything's peachy because we can uh, take advantage of the rules as they are and the players are our property for 11 years or so if we decide we want to hang on to them. <sighs> Breath again. If it is going to be Eric Hosmer to the Cubs, along with a number of draft picks, including 2022, what else would go? What else would go if A.J. Preller doesn't want to give up Campusano or Hassel, Harold Hassel, Hassel. Um, what if Preller doesn't want to give up anything much of current present value, but he's more than willing to trade some other executive's draft picks on into the future? How many more draft picks will it take? How many more draft picks would it take and when would they happen? Because you wouldn't really want to have soon draft picks, preferably, because he'd like to keep his job. If he keeps his job for, let's say, 2022, 2023, 2024, 2025, 2026, then after 2026, he leaves. Seem reasonable? 2022, 20, up to 2026. Yeah, that seems possible. Seems reasonable. Seems viable. Um, so let's say Preller's plan is I'm going to stick around San Diego until 2026, maybe a little longer, but 2026. That's his plan. So let's say his plan is I expect to be here until 2026. So then with this trade idea, he's trading the 2022 first round draft pick. If he's going to be leaving in 2026, that sounds like a good time to start giving away extra draft picks, don't you think? So let's give away a first rounder in 2022. Let's give away a first rounder in 2026, a first rounder in 2027, and a first rounder in 2028. Period. No, no asterisks, no depending upon where the player ends up in the... No, no, no. 2022... 2026, 2027, 2028. Eric Hosmer traded with four first-round draft picks to the Cubs for basically really not much anything. Would that be a trade you, as a Cubs fan, would get behind? Eric Hosmer 
and four first round draft picks 2022, 2026, 2027, 2028. After all, Preller, I'm probably not going to be here then. Might as well trade them. I don't know if that will be a legal trade in June or July. I don't know if the Padres management would be too into it. But mostly, Preller would be trading stuff that he doesn't have access to yet, that he will not see on the major league level. Probably ever. You're basically trading away things that do not exist yet. Seems like a perfectly logical trade to me from A.J. Preller's stance, from a Bobby Bonilla contract perspective, from a let's trade Chris Archer for Matt Garza. Let's trade Jordan Kelnick for Robinson Cano. Let's trade a thing that we're going to be able to use for something that we're never going to be able to use. See how it kind of makes sense? See how that kind of makes sense from a, if you are in A.J. Preller's situation, this might make a little bit of sense. He doesn't want to give up Campusano. He doesn't want to give up Hassel. He'd rather give up things that he's never going to be able to use in the first place. From the Cubs' perspective, would Jed Hoyer take four first-round draft picks for Eric Hosmer? Hmm. Tempting. Since first-round draft picks are all the rage. And since one of them might actually help Jed Hoyer by 2024, certainly more than Eric Hosmer would, People like to talk about, let's make this trade for a prospect. And I get it. It makes sense. I understand it. It's logical. Except, if A.J. Preller doesn't want to give up the prospect, it's not logical from his perspective. A.J. Preller wants to win in 2022, 2023, and 2024. Those are three target seasons. If you expect A.J. Preller to say, I'm going to give up my future catcher, I'm going to give up my future center fielder, well, you can roll with it. You can certainly roll with it. To me, though, it makes more sense for A.J. Preller to say, screw this, I'm going nuclear, or nuclear, whichever you prefer. Nuclear engineers would always say it nuclear. That one, that one, that one confused me. Um, if trading draft picks are permitted by the end of the CBA negotiations... A.J. Preller might 
make an aggressive move to trade three or four first-round draft picks at targeted intervals, which would help the Cubs if the Cubs are willing to help A.J. Preller. Because I really don't think, I really don't think the Hosmer for Campusano and, you know, a... a, a six-inch um, pastrami sub on rye. I really don't think that trade's going to get it done. I really don't think that trade's going to get it done. If Jed Hoyer is going to make a trade along those lines, he is going to want his pound of flesh, and he's going to want it over the long haul. And I really, really, really don't think A.J. Preller wants to sabotage his efforts in 2022 and 2023 to get rid of Eric Hosmer. I think he'd much prefer to trade something that doesn't exist. Trading something that doesn't exist makes a whole lot more sense for Preller. And if it were to be the Padres 2022, the Padres 2026, uh, why I say 25, 26, 27, 28, something like that. Four first-round draft picks for Eric Hosmer. I would endorse that. I would endorse that. Anything other than that, really no. Someone comes, well, what about we if, if we do this? No, 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 no. I want four first-round draft picks. I want four first-round draft picks. I want four first-round draft picks, including the one in 2022. The other three can be whenever. But if there's going to be a trade for Eric Hosmer, I want draft picks, plural, involved. And since A.J. Preller is in danger of going the way of Ben Wagonen, in danger of going the way of Jim Hendry, he might be willing to consider. Thanks for stopping by. Have a great day. I will talk to you next time.